Chapter 30 of At the Time Appointed This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jules Harlock, Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. At the Time Appointed by A. Maynard Barber Chapter 30 The evening train, as it was known, a local from the south, was approaching the little village of Ellisburg, winding its way over miles of rolling country dotted with farmhouses of snowy white. To the east, rough, rugged hills surmounted by a wall of forest, while far to the west could be seen the sandy beaches and blue waters of Lake Ontario. The arrival of this train formed one of the chief events in the daily life of the little town, and each summer evening found a group of from twenty to fifty of the village folks awaiting its incoming. To them it afforded a welcome break in the monotony of their lives, a fleeting glimpse of people and things from that vague world outside the horizon bounding their own. Amid the usual handful of passengers left at the station on this particular evening were two who immediately drew the attention of the crowd. Two men, one something over fifty years of age, tall with erect form and dark hair, well silvered, and with a grave sweet face. The other, not more than seven and twenty, but with hair as white as snow while his face wore an inscrutable look as though the dark, piercing eyes held within their depths secrets which the sphinx-like lips would not reveal. Closely following them was a splendid collie, trying in various ways to give expression to its delight at being released from the confinement of the baggage car. There was a sudden, swift movement in the crowd, as a young man stepped quickly forward and grasped the younger of the two by the hand. "'Darold, old boy, is this you?' he exclaimed. "'Great Scott, what have you been doing to yourself these two years?' "'Plenty of time for explanation later,' said Darold, shaking hands heartily. "'Ned, I want you to know my father. "'Father, this is my old chum, now Dr. Elliot.' The young physician's face betrayed astonishment, but he shook hands with Mr. Britton with no remarks beyond the customary greeting. Now, Ned, continued Darold, get us out of this mob as quickly as you can. I don't want to be recognized here. Not much danger with that white pate of yours, but come this way. My carriage is waiting. I did not let out that you were coming back, for I thought you wouldn't want any demonstration from the crowd here. So I told no one but Father. He's waiting for you in the carriage. You're as level-headed as ever, Darrell remarked. They reached the carriage, greetings were exchanged with Mr. Elliot, and soon the party was driving rapidly towards the village. We will go at once to my office, Dr. Elliot remarked to Darrell who was seated beside himself. We can make arrangements there as to the best method of breaking this news to your mother. You have told her nothing then, Darrell inquired. 
No, life has so many uncertainties, and she has already suffered so much. You had a long journey before you. If anything had happened to detain you, it was better not to have her in suspense. You were right, Darrell replied. You know I left all that to your own judgment. Darrell, old boy, said the doctor, inspecting his companion critically. Do satisfy my curiosity. Is that white hair genuine or a wig donned for the occasion? What reason could I have for any such masquerading, Darrell demanded. When you come to know my experience for the past two years, you will not wonder that my hair is white. I beg your pardon, old fellow. I meant no offense. We had all given you up for dead. All but your mother, and your telegram nearly knocked me off my feet. Here the doctor drew rein, and, fastening the horses outside, they entered the, his office, a small one-story building standing close to the street in one corner of the great dooryard of his father's home, and sheltered alike from sun and storm by giant maples. After a brief consultation, it was decided that as Dr. Elliot and his father were frequent callers at the Jewett home, the entire party would drive out there, and in the probable event of not seeing Mrs. Britton, who was an invalid and retired at an early hour, Darrell and his father would spend the night at the old homestead, but their presence would not be known by the wife and mother until the following morning. You see, sir, Dr. Elliot remarked to Mr. Brinton, your coming has complicated matters a little. I would not apprehend any danger from the meeting between Mrs. Breton and her son, for she has looked for his return every day. But I cannot say what might be the result of the shock her nervous system would sustain in meeting you. We are safe, however, in going out there this evening, for she always retires to her room before this time. Both Mr. Britton and Darrell grew silent as the old Jewett homestead came into view. It was a wide-spreading house of colonial build, snowy white with green shutters and overrun with climbing roses and honeysuckle vines. It stood back at a little distance from the street and a broad walk under interlacing boughs of oak, elm, and maple led from the street to the lofty pillared veranda across its front. The full moon was rising opposite, its mellow light throwing every twig and flower into bold relief. Two figures could be seen seated within the veranda, and as the carriage stopped, Dr. Elliot remarked, I was right. Mr. Jewett and his elder daughter are sitting outside, but Mrs. Britton has retired. As the four men alighted and proceeded up the walk towards the house, strangely varied emotions surged through the breasts of Darrell and his father. To one this was his childhood home, the only home of which he had any distinct memory. To the other it was the home to which long ago he had been welcomed as a friend but from which he had been banished as a lover. But all reminiscent thoughts were suddenly put to flight. They had advanced only halfway up the walk when one of the long, old-fashioned windows upon the veranda was hastily thrown open and a slender figure robed 
in a white dressing gown came with swift but tremulous steps down the walk to meet them crying in glad accents oh my son my son you have come as i knew you would some day darrell sprang forward and caught his mother in his arms and then unable to speak held her close to his breast his tears falling on her upturned face while she caressed him and crooned fond words of endearment as in the days when she had held him in her arms dr elliot and his father stood near nonplussed uncertain what to do or what course to take the old gentleman on the veranda left his seat and took a few steps towards the group as though to assist his daughter to the house but dr elliot motioned him to remain where he was mr britton scarcely able to restrain his feelings yet fearful of agitating his wife had withdrawn slightly to one side but unconsciously was standing so that the moonlight fell full across his face at that instant mrs britton raised her head and seeing the familiar faces of dr elliot and his father looked at the solitary figure as though to see who it might be their eyes met his shining with the old-time love with which he had looked on her as she stood a bride on that summer evening crowned with the sunset rays only a thousandfold more tender she gave a startled glance then raised her arms to him with one shrill sweet cry the cry of the lone night bird for its mate john patience came the responsive note deep resonant tender he held her folded within his arms until he suddenly felt the fragile form grow limp in his grasp then lifting her he bore her tenderly up the walk past the bewildered father and sister into the house dr elliot leading the way and laid her on the couch in her own room she was soon restored to consciousness and though able to say little lay feasting her eyes alternately upon the face of husband and son her glance however returning oftener and dwelling longer on the face of the lover who after more than twenty-seven years of absence was a lover still end of chapter thirty